It's, that's our theme music. I like it. Yeah, isn't it? Intro. It's jazzy. It's jazz. Facebook's like to say that we copyright. We're in copyright infringement. They go, no, it's ours. <laughs> no, it's not really. They want everything. They want everything. All right, let's do that. It's being live streamed. Let's record this to the cloud because everybody does. All right. Take that off of there. And, um, well, wait a minute. Today is Wednesday, so it's Whiskey Wednesday. Woo. Uh, Mel, they're a feisty crowd. You uh, have a good, good time tonight. Good, good. <laughs> uh, joining us uh, tonight uh, for Whiskey Wednesday, we're, we're tasting the, uh, a really cool lineup of old elk products. And uh, Mel Maddox is here. She is the master blender for old elk. Um, it, it, and trust me, Greg Metz will freely admit that he depends on her a lot. Uh, Thank you. Our, 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 our man about town down the end, Alex Cottle, is here tonight, too. He, he represents Old Elk for Massachusetts. So we thought we'd have him up on the panel, basically as Mel and I wanted somebody to pick on. Mm -hmm. So um, the Mel sandwich the, there, so. there, and there he is. Yeah. The, the rose between two thorns. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Alex thought he was going to be the road. Yeah, he did. Think he was, I think feelings might be a little hurt on that one. Was for a second. Yeah. <laughs> was for a second. All right. So um, you guys have all your stuff in front of you. Um, if you're using the tray, um, again, have the arrow pointed towards you. And all the spots are marked one through six tonight. Um, we also have a uh, there's also a tasting sheet that you can look at. And you can as you're doing, you can take that cup and put it to where it matches. Um, as uh, Mel goes through and talks about the different uh, the different expressions that we have. All right. So let's get started. All right, Mel, yes. because I almost got into a, a good thing. I was a keyboard warrior because I didn't have to actually come to fisticuffs. But I was explaining to somebody that like, you know, that they were really interested. They loved old elk products. And I said, oh, so what happens that we're going to have Mel here on Wednesday night. You might come back and, and she's the master blender at old elk and they're like no that's greg and i'm like no greg's the master distiller mm -hmm. mel's the master blender how i'm gonna just start with the, the question how the hell out did you end up with this job <laughs> that's a great question um well one i'd like to say i'm in the process like in my mind you're not a master unless you've done something for 20 25 years that's 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 i'd fair. even like to say i would consider myself a master in another 510 you know like the more the more blends the more i do under my right. belt the more very variation and stuff like that, that I can, you know, say I've got this experience. Um, but I do have 25 plus years of palette building. So that's really how I became, uh, and not the, the palette that we for... put product on. No, like, no, like this palette, <laughs> no wooden palette, no wooden <laughs> but if well, you, it depends if you on what you're tasting, want me to be something palette? that tastes like a wooden palette, I can that's do right. that for you. There you go. Um, yeah, no, I spent the last, uh, 20, almost 25 years in the restaurant business in the hospitality world. Okay. Uh, running, managing, uh, running and managing restaurants and uh, listening to the customer uh, really, you know, hands-on every day with the customer hearing what they wanted to eat, what did they want to drink, what kind of experience they wanted. Um, I got into craft cocktails about uh, 10 years ago Okay. and kind of made my name for um, that as a, as a really kind of star mixologist, uh, won a couple different big competitions like Bombay Sapphires, um, that is a big, uh, one. yeah, there it's, a, it's an international competition and went to the finals with that. And so, you know, in doing that, you're learning how to create a flavor expression in a cocktail. Um, and I took that and applied it to our whiskeys when I started working for old elk 
And I think, you know, I was, I was kind of the expert in the room when it came to quality control in our product. Um, you know, when I started with us with Old Elk five years ago, we had just started distributing and we were only really, most of our products were around four, four years old that we were blending. So, um, you know, I was heavily, you know, leaned on, I guess, at the time to help them figure out what they should be blending in and also, you know, putting together like the tasting panels. Um, That's really important though, with a young, with a younger whiskey, because, you know, what a lot of people, a trap, we were talking about this just recently with, with Heather Green about this too, about when you're starting to do uh, younger whiskeys too, you want to make sure that you're not getting that grainy, like mm -hmm. a grainy sort of quality to it. Grainy and green. Green. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, distillation character. Great. Sure. No problem. Sure. But yeah. we, you know, you want to make sure it's not tasting like you know, like this young piece of wood or or, or anything like that. No, and that's you don't want to. And that's splinter. important. Yeah, no. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And well, and you can work around that if you if you if you start blending and stuff like that. And we call it the art of the blend for a reason. Mm -hmm. If you start putting components together that sort of counteract that that that's why you have expressions that people go like, "It's how, how old?" Yeah, yeah. And they go, like, "This is really good." It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, 20 years old to taste good. And matter of fact, in the world of bourbon, that can lead to a one note wonder. A very overoaked. Flavor. You know, over oaked. Yeah. And you yeah. are, you might as well take, you know, grain alcohol and put it on a church yep. pew and suck it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, I get that. So um, very important for especially a young co company coming mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I didn't realize, I guess, at the time that um, it would lead to more, but I think you know, through the last, you know, and Alex can attest to this too, from kind of 2018 to now, our products have obviously gotten older, but um, I think some of that quality control that I brought to the table is, well, I know that the quality control that I brought to the table is one of the reasons why it got better. And it's not because we weren't starting with a great product to begin with. Greg makes awesome whiskey. Like that is, he is, you know, he is the master of whiskey in my mind. Um, but, you know, if you ask him, he is the expert when it comes to the, the, the raw spirit, the distillate and it's consistency. It's, it's coming out with a oh, flavor absolutely. profile. It's, yeah. He's making a flavor profile and he's trying to keep that consistent time absolutely. after time, time after, after time. time. Yep. So whatever mash bill he's using, he wants it to come out a certain way. Yes. Then you put in wood and you know, some of that <laughs> goes out the window, but you have to start with that. That's the only thing you can control. Yeah. There's a certain window right. that he's going to allow for, for any kind of defects. And that's, it's and that's what small. he's trying to do yeah. is create, like if you make, if you make that part of it consistently, the same way and it comes out the same time that's what you're supposed to do and then you start missing mixing flavors then you let time and you let the barrel you let the environment do its work and then you let people like myself come in and um, start playing around with those different barrels so uh, currently we've got around twenty thousand barrels in our inventory so part of my role is also managing our barrel inventory and managing our single barrel program so that's kind of anything to do with the the barrels and blends um I'm in charge of, and it's an honor. So thanks for being here, guys. And <laughs> thank you for everybody who, you know, drinks our whiskey for sure. Cause it really is an honor to have that kind of responsibility. Well, I, I, and, and, you know, speaking of which, because they're going to start getting restless. You said drinking, <laughs> you said drinking, we should probably start. We should probably start with the first whiskey and we can still talk about, sure. because I think the first whiskey in itself is going to bring a lot of elements of what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Um, to the to the front and to the and to the spotlight is the four grain. Yeah, um, so the four grain is essentially a blend of two of our mash bills. Uh, this is our old elk um, high malt bourbon, and then it's a fifty fifty blend with our 
we did bourbon. So <clears throat> technically we're, you know, we're still in the bourbon world, still considered a bourbon, but we've uh, mixed those two mash bills to actually bring in four grains. So, there you so you're getting the corn, you're getting the which corn. is the major part. Mm-hmm. That's why you can yep. still, it's almost it's right 51%. 50%, yep. Right. So then you also have the rye, the, rye. You have the wheat, and yep. then you have the malted barley. Mm-hmm. And if you're familiar with our, um, well, hopefully everybody's taking a little sip now, but if you're familiar with our um, high malt, the straight bourbon, it's a really very smooth, I would almost call it light in style versus some other bourbons out there. It doesn't have that sort of like heavy, you know, sweet note that you might get with more Kentucky bourbons. Um, and it's it's meant to be, you know, a crowd pleaser and it's meant to be also, you know, something that you can go to daily. That um, mash bill, 51% corn and then 34% malted barley and 15% rye. The malted barley is really what's bringing in a lot of the like smoothness in the malt. But by blending it with our weeded bourbon and doing a 50-50 split of the of the two mash bills, you actually, um, we actually decrease the malted barley to around 18%. So it's still pretty high, but it's almost, you know, almost yeah, half I, of what we had it at. I think that's sort of an important thing to sort of talk about. There's a, there's a group of distillers um, that are putting out stuff right now, I think, in, in, in Old Elk, and, and Greg is obviously being one of them that went for like these, you know, because typically we, we, you know, we've talked about bourbon and rice for forever. And we always talk about, oh, yes. And then they put a little malted barley to get the fermentation, fermentation. started. So, yep. so you're talking about like four, three, four, five percent, six percent was a high, yeah. a high amount. But now I got a lot of um, uh, I think and in a lot of ways, they're the forerunners of, of what's what's coming are using like higher uh, malted barley in the mash bill. I think that we were a trendsetter a little yeah. bit on that aspect. Yeah. yeah. I think people are following, you know, um, some of what we've done and they see that it works. And I think the mouthfeel mouth is, is really huge. where it, yeah. it gets, yeah. and gets I, noticed. Yeah. Like you said, the, the malted barley, you need that for, you know, the fermentation process. It helps to break down the, the starches and your grains and um, make a fermentable sugar. And so, you know, you only have to put a little bit in to get that. But if you want to actually build out a quality product like we did, you do have to bump it up some. And yeah. so, yeah, I think that's evident. Um, the four grain, you know, I think, well, I don't want to tell you what to taste. That's, that's not really old elk style, but um, I love it because I do think if you were going to call any of our whiskeys, male or female, this definitely has a very soft kind of like sweeter approach to it and fruity. Um, it's actually out of our master series blends, which, um, our, our double wheat, uh, which has our wheat and wheat of bourbon, and then uh, our wheat and rye, which we're going to try also. Um, it's sometimes I kind of flip-flop back and forth between the double wheat. Like, I get it. People love the double wheat. But the four grain, I think, brings a very delicate style to the table, and I enjoy that. Um, I think the four grain of w- the ones you just mentioned um, so far, I'm going to try the I'm gonna try the wheat and rye again tonight because I haven't had it in a while. But the four grain, to me, is a very balanced whiskey. And in a time and place, I think we're at right now where um, a lot of whiskeys are, there is a high, there's always a high note. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's something that you're tasting above all else. And, and sometimes to the detriment of other flavors. Sure. So when you actually taste something that's actually very well balanced, it throws people a little bit. And, you know, because they're sort of not used yeah. to that anymore. They're like, yeah. you know, we're Americans. We like bold and <laughs> bold flavors, right? Yeah. Bold people and bold flavors. And I think. You know, like this, the foregrain of this, I think, is really sort of it's it's rounded out 
it's 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 I think very well balanced uh, flavor wise, and I I love this one. Cool. This well, is well. I I also think like it, when you let it sit with you for a minute, it kind of these like other flavors come in behind, and so it's you know it's got some complexity. Yeah, well, I mean, we're all thinking people in here if we're drinking yeah. whiskey, right? <laughs> you don't know all of them, but no, yeah. I mean that's I, well, that's one of the things that has drawn me to you know my path is that I think it's great when you can actually intellectualize what you're experiencing mm -hmm. and it's flavor, you know, like at the end of the day, we're talking about a flavor expression that you then have you know some sort of feeling about, and so it's really cool to. To, to to get all of that and to get it from whiskey and to kind of recognize like all the the work and time and effort that goes into it too i think is really cool yeah and, and one of the other things that you said earlier i think is it's probably a good time to point this out also you said like you know we we were like some of the first people like you know uh greg putting in this higher higher like you know bar uh, malted barley mm -hmm. in the mash bill and stuff like that and people like well wait a minute you get you get like your whiskey from MGP. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think it's important at this point to point out is I sort of classify you guys as contract distillers. Yes. Because Greg came up with all the mash bills they're using. Yes. They were done at MGP, but yes, Craig was one of the master distillers at MGP. Yes. Everything has been done. He's created all the mash bills with exception of the 95, five, have all been created really by Greg. Yeah. And his to, team there. Right. Yeah. And his team there. And then subsequently he, he, he jumped ship and, <laughs> and you got all the whiskey that he just made, which is great. Yeah. Cause that to me now, now all of a sudden you, you've entered a different realm in that you've created, uh, you've created and distilled all your own grains, uh, all your own mash bills and all your own whiskeys. And it is a very unique situation, I think, compared to most other people that are doing. Absolutely. There's very few people that actually do contract distilling. Well, we're anyways. very proud of that, too. I mean, yeah. you know, both Alex and I have to um, often, and I would say, I don't, I think we enjoy this question, you know, because the question of like, is it sourced versus contracted is still kind of ambiguous to people. They don't totally understand what that means. So, you know, sourcing would be if we just went there and bought some distillate from them and then took it and bottled it and sent it out and didn't do anything to it, didn't have any sort of control over the process of it versus with um, contract. I mean, we were one of the first, they're, you know, they're, they're now doing more contract facilities, mm -hmm. my understanding, but, you know, we were one of the first to go to them back in 2013 and say, you know, we want you to create something completely custom. Like, you know, it's like if we could go get, you know, a car made from scratch kind of thing. Like you didn't just buy a Ford, you actually like got to create your vehicle Kind of thing. It's a so, Shelby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and back, <laughs> yeah, back I'd, in, I'd call it that. Back in 2013, we went to them, uh, the Richardson family. So just to back it up for everyone who isn't aware, we're owned by the folks that own Otterbox, cell phone case company. Phone cases. So I like I like to say we're we're a craft distillery with capital behind us, right? Which led, which allowed us to enter the market. A how do you make a little money different. in the whiskey world? Start with a lot. You start with a lot. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So at that time in 2013, when we went to MGP and we talked to Greg, it was 38 years in his career, and he had never been given the opportunity mm -hmm. to create something from the ground up without any restrictions on cost of grain or anything like that in his 38-year career. So um, for him, he was like a kid in the candy Yeah, shop. I mean, it was a creative process yeah. for him that he had never had, you know? I, it, it, we, him and I have sat down and talked a little bit about this 
and what a lot of people don't realize also is because MGP was part of the uh, Seagram's mm -hmm. uh, distillery. So like Four Roses has, we talk about all the, um, the, the yeast strains and the mash bills. The same yeast strains and mash bills were used at every Seagram's distillery yep. across. I can actually say it's probably really across the globe. Mm -hmm. And so he has some of like the original. He says, oh, yeah, that those were the same 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 recipes same, same recipes same use yeah. that we were using and you got to remember when you're making stuff like that they have a book on how everything works they know if you change the temperature this is uh, at a certain time this is what the result is because they've they've over the years they've done almost every single experiment and every single problem has popped its ugly head up or 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 you know, a ray of sunshine that you never even thought about. This is like the same thing we talk about, like, you know, like even even like Budweiser, if the some of the best beer makers in the world work for Budweiser, they're making Budweiser. <laughs> and that's their job. But they are really very, very well. They can make anything. If Budweiser walked in tomorrow and said, we don't want you to make that. We want you to make, you know, whatever fruity IPAs. They could make the best fruity IPAs in the world that they wanted to. That's how much knowledge they have about the job they do. And I think that's a really good, you know, uh, a really good example of what the master distillers at the MGP and a lot of these places. Look who came out of that. You got guys like Greg Metz, you got Eversol, you got um, even Jim Rutledge, who was the head of, you know, he was the head of uh, yep. yeast for, 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 uh, for Seagram's for years that that went on to do all the stuff at at four roses so these are the guys that are like they were pioneers that you just didn't know their names you know, you know? that like the tree from under belichick with all the head coaches that are you know, offensive coordinators that's kind of what's like mgp it's like the tree of yeah we don't talk about that now <laughs> remember all those guys under tom brady yeah. that yeah. no no i'm just teasing but yes, it is. It's one of those type of things. You don't realize that all these, all these, the, the knowledge things. And, and I know Greg still has the book. I would just love to the I, blue Bible, the yep, blue Bible. Blue I'm book. actually trying to talk him to letting me just look at it. And I get this little smart, tiny camera. I'm just going to take pictures like <laughs> of all of it. But, but, but that's, that's how deep um, the heritage of old elk goes in the whiskey world with being a relatively new company. I yeah, mean, that's it's, insane. It's a legacy. It's, yeah. it's for sure. I mean, and, and Old Elk itself is Greg's legacy project. <clears throat> you know, this is, he didn't just leave them because he was sick of working for them. Right. He left them because he realized it was an opportunity for him to continue his legacy of what he's done for the past, you know, 40 plus years now and to to actually have some control over the the actual mash bill and the process and the marketing and you know, we're a small company. There's only, you know, a couple, there's a little over 20 of us. And so we wear a lot of hats. So, you know, Greg and I will work on the actual wording that goes on the bottle. We'll, we'll work on the marketing. It's all hands on deck. It's hands on. And, right. you, know, you know, Alex's job is not just as a, you know, a sales director, but he's also like helping us pitch ideas and coming back to us with, you know, what the voice of the customer is saying. So that's some of the reasons why we have some of the blends that we have is because, um, you know, our, our sales guys have said, Hey, you know, people are asking about this. What do you think? Is it possible? And, um, you know, we go back to inventory and we look and we go, well, you know, we can, we can try this. And let's, for those let's of see. you don't know I, that we did one, we did a project that originally when we started working with old elk is, um, uh, we did Nella wafers, Swiss miss and, and, <laughs> and the mixing, you know, and the mixing of the two, uh, together, which was called hoodsy. 
Love it. And, you know, and we said, hey, would you, you know, <laughs> well, Randall and I were like looking at each other like, oh, my God, we got them to do it. And um, which was actually take part of the barrels and just bottle them the way they were. That was that was uh, Swiss Miss and Nella wafers. Very chocolate on this one. Very vanilla on this one. Then blend both of them together, which was a hoodsy cup, right? You could smell the wooden spoon right away. And um, putting those type of things together because it's a really cool way of showing people how like the separation of the two barrels and them coming together as a blend um, to create something totally different. And um, just the fact that like, you know, that you guys would even listen to that project we're like, oh my God, we're never going to get to do this again. I'm going to try this. going to see how, how bad, how bad it is, you know, how difficult it is. And no, and it went, it went swimmingly. It was, it was great. And I think, you know, like we talk about, like from the up, from the top down, you have to have that sort of attitude is like, we don't have, we're free to do what we want. Mm-hmm. We don't have the restriction restrictions. And Greg really, you know, for a guy that's been in this industry so long, there's there's only a, I, I, I can name three off the top of my head, and he's included in that group that just took the ball and understand the contributions that everybody makes to the final product product and is willing to listen to all of those voices and, and, and disseminate or distill yeah. those sort of ideas down into actually doable projects. And I think I just I, I, amazing amazing <laughs> well I'm, I'm amazed every day because he he really does he trusts he trusts his team you know and um that that is one of the things that i think separates him too is he's just a great leader for our team and he allows us the the freedom you know he says like okay you i want you to i want you to blend this and i want you to take up take the ball and run with it and see what you can come up with you know right. and he kind of he's he's trusting in that way and i think it helps that he knows like the liquid to start with is great right and as a team we're always gonna you have to really try hard to screw it up yeah you you do you do although (laughs) i will say when you're doing (laughs) your test yeah when you're doing your test blends i mean you know you can have seven blends up there uh you know on your tasting panel that you're trying and you think that blend one's going to be the best just because of the ratios that you've you know formulated and then you start tasting through and that's the worst one so like it's almost you know he'll say like 100 percent of the time when he does something like that it's he actually he has not had it work out yet i would say that it's like a little bit less i like i'd say 80 percent of the time but you know what does happen is you immediately recognize the blend that you want and i think that's a talent a and a skill it's and it's an yeah. art and you know occasionally we'll have people on the panel when they're tasting us and they're like we really like blend c and i'm like looking at greg and him and i are like mm-hmm Nope, we're not doing that one. You know, so it's it's you know not everybody has the same voice when it comes to our, our um, choosing and selecting, but it is an art. It well, is that's an art that's too. the other part yeah. of that is you have to actually like everybody has their own palate, mm-hmm. but you also have to disseminate what actually will work for a lot of people. For a lot of people. For yeah. a lot of people, I, we've always said we, we you know we pick seventy barrels a year and stuff like that. And I said if I only picked by what I liked, I'd have a lot of whiskey sitting down in the basement. And I don't drink enough sure, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying for me. I'm right. buying for you. I'm trying to find stuff that you'll find interesting, not the stuff that I think is really quirky and interesting to me, because that's way off. Let's like, you know, another show in my head. And that's something that you've honed, right? right? right. Like, you know, yeah, you have to, you, you, you listen to people and you, and you listen to what, you know, your palate 
and and every palette's different. So like, right. And that's why, you know, a lot of stuff we do here is like not trying to lead anybody down a primrose path, but we try to do a lot of stuff where we, 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 we have stuff that you can try before you buy, Mm -hmm. because what I like is not necessarily what he likes, not Mm -hmm. necessarily what you like. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. And I, I, I love people who go like, well, well you're wrong. That's the beauty. You're just <laughs> wrong. I go, well, no, I'm not wrong. If somebody likes it and they like it, why, why you, why, right, right. why, you, as my this kids will say, why you dishing their yum? I mean, you know, I mean, if that's what they like, that's what they like. So, um, trying to hit all, all those type of cylinders is, is, is difficult, especially for a master blender. Thank you. No, yeah. I think it's great. What do you guys think of, we, we've, I, we've man, 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 I like it. I'm cut off. That's I'm off on the first one. That's great. <laughs> We've been menandering around. What do you guys think of the foregrain? Yeah. Right? You see that on a night like tonight? It's a little chilly out. I think I definitely do. Um, all right. So let's because they've already drunk that and they're ready to they're go ready on. They're ready for the next one. Yeah, let's go on. Okay. We're moving into double uh, the wheat and rye. Nope. No, 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 we're going cut. to the cigar cut. Okay. This one will be cool. Perfect. I'll take All right. So I got to know, I got to know this because I, I like the cigar cut. I like the first one that you guys did. Okay. I haven't had this one yet. This is my first time. Having... Nope. Okay. Nope. I want to wait. I didn't even have it Saturday night. I waited. Stayed away tonight. from the table. So I wanted, I, yeah, I wanted to taste this with, with you and with them for like the first time. Okay. But okay. Why Island blend? Yeah. Um. So the Island blend is a combination of a uh, Barbados Martinique rum finished rye barrels. And then we took uh, wheat, finished it, and saw turn cask. Uh, so you get this really nice, like honey and pear and some tropical flavors there. And then we did port and sherry cask finished bourbon. So got a little crazy with the mash bills. So took three different mash bills, blended those together, and then took the four different cask finishes and blended those together. And when I tasted this one, what I got was campfire vacation like for me it was a immediately like an experience of like going back to just like those times when you're hanging out with like your favorite person or people and you're you know you're on vacation or there's you don't have to work tomorrow and they're smoking a cigar and you're sitting around a fire and you're drinking whiskey like for me it reminded me of like the best vacation times that I've had and usually I like to go on a tropical vacation if I can so um that was part of it. it was you know I wanted to evoke kind of a with the name, tell you what you're going to experience. So when I taste this, I get tropical flavors. I get um, something that reminds me of a, you know, a kind of a warm, warm rum night, you know, but it's not rum, it's whiskey. So that was the reason why we called it the, okay. the Island Blend. Yeah. I thought I was going to, you know, smell like suntan lotion and desperation <laughs> no. when I saw the name. No. I was like, well, wait a minute here. Is it going to be coconut? And- no, that was like when I was, like, you know, my teens. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, okay. <laughs> we outgrew that a couple, a couple decades ago. <laughs> I always, I, I, I know um, cigar blend has become sort of a, a thing where like, you know, like taking like finishes and marrying, putting finishes um, together that, that sort of create these like really cool layers. Mm-hmm of of flavor yeah. and that's what sort of the cigar the term cigar blend has sort of come up with because you know this has got so many nice flavors going on the, the other part is you couldn't kill it with a cigar right 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 yeah it should stand up to it should stand up yeah but i mean i have people that go like well i don't want that one i don't smoke cigars <laughs> and like you don't have to smoke cigars right. to have a cigar blend right, trust me right. it's okay it's okay. Well, I mean, I can understand why there's that confusion, you know, but there's no, there's no, uh, there's no steadfast. There's rules. no, yeah, there's no, um, tobacco in this, in the, in this whiskey. 
And it, you know, that is that's next week, folks. <laughs> <laughs> there is somebody doing that, and it's interesting. Mm. Um, no, I mean the the cigar cigar blends, like you said, they're they're typically uh cast finishes or you know different types of maybe you, know, you could do double oaked and that kind of thing and blend them together. Um, we decided to call it cigar cut for a couple reasons. Um, I guess in the cigar, I'm not a smoker, so I. I don't want to pose as a cigar smoker, but I did smoke a cigar when I was making this, but anywho, I guess there's a way you like cut, you know, a cigar. And so to us that kind of, but one to like use the terminology that cigar smokers use to talk about their cigar smoking. Um, and then, you know, we, we didn't want to infringe anybody's trademarks with uh, calling it a cigar blend because there is right. a cigar blend out there. Well, um, the, the only thing I, I always, the way I sort of envisioned it too, is when you cut the cigar, mm-hmm. you actually see, the layers yeah yeah of how it's rolled mm-hmm. and the out you can see the outer wrapping you can see the inner wrap you can see the core and you can see sort of how they all come together, come together. To yeah create something yep so i think the analogy is is perfectly fine yeah but you don't have to smoke a cigar you don't have to scoop yeah to drink no. this whiskey <laughs> so. no uh, i i will say um well let's not get ahead of this one because we're i'm already see i'm already thinking about cigar cut three so this is our second one and uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's a good blender. You should be thinking ahead, though, right? <laughs> well, I know, and it's 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 tough because this is, you know, this is my baby, and I want people to enjoy it. But yes, we're already thinking about cigar cut three. So, um, hearing your feedback actually about this one is okay. So important. for uh, uh, cigar smokers and non-smoker uh, cigar smokers alike, what do you guys think of this? Yeah, you get tangerine. Like a tangerine in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely some tropical yep. fruits going on in there. That's from the Saturn cast. Yeah, yeah. And, and combined with the rum. Now, do you want to explain what the first cigar cut composition was? And yeah. Kind of the why behind that mm-hmm. as we kind of now turn this into a, a biannual release. Yep. Um, go ahead. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm giving you the parameters, please fill in the yeah. blanks. <laughs> um, so we, we started a cast program. That was really where I started to get my foot in the door with um, the blending and finishing was we started our cast program three years ago finishing our uh, whiskeys and different casks. And we focused on port at the time, Armagnac, Sherry, and Cognac. And we just kept it with the high malt um, bourbon. One of the reasons we did that is we didn't want to, you know, you'll probably never see us do a cask finished wheat of bourbon. That inventory is very precious to us and to collectors. So we're not going to touch that. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's like, there's certain things like Greg doesn't want that cask finish. And I respect that, but everything else he's like, go nuts, have fun. So um, start experimenting with, finishing rye and Barbados barrels because that rum is delicious and uh, then the bourbon and sherry and cognac and port and what happened was it was successful but end of the year comes you haven't kind of depleted all of your stock and so it was kind of a, a, a matter of efficiency and I'm very pragmatic and so I was like well we have you know 20 barrels of port finished bourbon mm. over here we've got a couple barrels of armagnac finished bourbon you know what like what are we going to do with this inventory? And we need to get it out of the barrel too, because there's a time and place for finishes. You don't want to over finish them. And then Alex here had kind of the, you know, he was one of the the mindsets behind like, let's come up with like a blend that could be really interesting. So him and the other sales guys started talking and they were like, have you thought about doing a cigar blend of some sort? And that was all I needed to get the the inspiration for the first one. So the first one was our high malt finished in Armagnac, Port, Cognac, and Sherry Barrels. Really rich, really deep. Um, 
I think some of the like fruity banana esters come through nicely on the nose. And, um, you know, a lot of people kind of went nuts for that because it, it did match the cigar smoking experience. And we did a really small release of it. It was only um, about 1,800 bottles, sold out in two weeks. And then everybody said, can you make more? And I was like, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> We've done time. that. We need some time. Yeah. yeah, I can't make the same thing again. Um, at least not yet. We'll need time. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, that's, that was, that was the first one. And I don't know that, uh, I don't know that everybody in this room's probably gotten to try it, but I hope you have, uh, the second one. Yeah. 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 Nice. I, I mean, I personally, like it, we sold it so fast that I didn't even keep back enough inventory for our R and D. And so like, it came like when it came to the, doing the second one, I was like, I have to go buy bottles cause I don't have enough bottles in, in the building to even like kind of do the side-by-side -side comparison yeah, and just where you've been. get inspired too. People don't realize that, that we were talking about that the other day about ar archiving mm -hmm. um, bottles. Uh, so you know where you've been. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you need to. It's hard to get, know where you're going. It's hard to go <laughs> to the next place right. if you don't know where you've been. And sometimes that does happen. Yeah. And that's why it's also important to sort of keep something back just for your own, your own library. Yeah. We learned it the hard way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it, it, you're not the first person that's made that mistake either. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, so we've, we've saved back a little bit of the of cigar cut Island blend. Um, and then we, you know, we decided that we wanted to do a, a seasonal release as Alex mentioned, because uh, really, you know, the Island blend kind of set the tone for that. And also the cadence that you get into when you're aging your um, secondary finishes. So we're usually anywhere from three months to a year, year and a half out. Um, but six months to like eight months seems to be the sweet spot with a lot of the cask and just our product in general. And so, you know, every six months, we kind of want to refresh our cast program and also, you know, refresh the blend. And like you mentioned, you can't really, like, I'll never be able to replicate this because each barrel is its own right. fingerprint and its own identity. And so you're that blending at that gone. time. Yeah. Blending at that time. Yeah. At that time, that place. That time, it's like a did. capsule. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, you know, the next one we have, like, by definition, we really do need to give it its own identity each time. Which is pretty cool, I think. Can... I think the other That's cool all. thing with the cigar cut is uh, the side label that mm -hmm. tells you all the information. What I've seen, and Ryan, you can you probably can attest to this too. But whiskey consumers want to know more now than ever before, even three, four, five years ago. So, from a consumer feedback standpoint, we decided to put as much transparency as we could on the on the side of our map. But I think I think now it goes past transparency. Transparency yeah. was great, sort of letting everybody know what you're doing and how you're doing it. I think it, you're now starting to enter the, uh, especially even with your labels, start entering the educational part. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, where it's 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 now a roadmap of of what you did. Yep. No one's got like everybody's like I, I a lot of people going like, well, if I tell them what they did, then other people can replicate it. I go, you can't replicate they it. They can try. You can't replicate yeah. it. So how is somebody else going to yeah. replicate it with all your stock that's made the same way? That's this. That's that. You can't really even replicate it. Once it's done, it'll always be a little bit different because mm -hmm. even if you use the same proportions, because the barrels are different, the barrels it's not going to count the same way. Exactly. So telling people what you did um, and how you put it together, I think is is goes even beyond transparency. It goes beyond. It's starting to like get people to educate them of what goes into actually making something that's better than, let's say, a single barrel. Mm -hmm. Single barrel is a very, very particular thing, well, and it's great when you like you get one, and that's 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 it. Yeah, that's it. You get a barrel's worth of that, and that's it. That's it. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. But to actually start 
you know, putting different things together, whether it's even like we've done, we've done a couple of things, even with, with that one is called micro batching mm-hmm. is doing those barrels just together um, creates a different uh, flavor profile. flavor profile for sure. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's fantastic. Yep. The proof changes everything. Yeah. So yeah. Island, All right. Island cut. All right. So what's a, the next one? The well, Wheat and rye, right? Great, great segue actually. So the, the wheat and rye, this is a, a great example of us educating um, about our mash bills. So um, this is our 95% uh, wheat, 5% malted barley blended with our 95% rye and 5% uh, malted barley for a really nice high spiced wheat product. Um, this... I, I will actually not, not, I will not take credit for this at all, but I will say this is a conversation that Greg and I had about taking your mash bills and mashing them together and creating something separate. That, and wherever it fell, it fell. If it ended up being more rye, you call it a rye. If it ended up being more, you know, corn, you end up calling it a, a bourbon. Wherever it fell, it didn't make a difference. The point was to putting two mash bills that are already completed and done in barrels and then putting them together mm-hmm. to see how they came out. And so I was like really interested in the, how this stuff was going to like. Uh, I, I, I Well, thank you for helping to have that conversation with him because I think it, it is a, it's a unique approach to, Blending in general, because you'll see like blenders, you know, part of your. It almost goes talked, to Canada. Yeah, we that's what Canada did. Early. They would make things and then they put them together. You, you, when you're blending, like when you're making a batch of whiskey, you're blending, right? So you're blending, but you're typically blending uniform barrels. Mm-hmm. Like you're blending in the sense of like our uniform mash bill. So, you know, each bottle represents a blend of our of our barrels. But then when you start blending different mash bills together, you've got a whole different ball game going on because right. you don't know if the two products are going to match up well right so you do have to figure out that balance of you know how much of this one and how much of that one and we wanted people to also get to know us more get to know old elk more i mean we've got four different mash bills this is a great way to talk about what is a mash bill and get people interested and you know try our rye try our wheat whiskey um that's you know that was kind of it was like a little backdoor education on our part to try to get people to understand a little bit more about mash bills too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What um, do you guys think of the wheat and rye? It's like, it's a, isn't it just yeah. delicious? I really like it. it it's almost beyond um, definition. It's its own beast. Mm-hmm. Like people you know what I mean? don't like, well, in general, it seems to me like feedback is like, Oh, I don't like rye, you know? So like, I'm sorry, you're drinking, you know, a heavily rye, you know, wheat here. And then people are like, wait, wheat. I haven't really had a lot of wheat whiskeys, you mm-hmm. know? So the two of them together, I think, are just a beautiful mashup. Yeah. Yeah. I like this one. It's just, it's just interesting. It's not on the board. It's got a really, it's got a really like fruit finish to it. It's almost like a, um, what's that? Like juicy fruit gum, like at the end, it's just like this other, other flavor going on at the, mm-hmm. at the end of this too. And that wheat gives it a really great mouthfeel too. Yeah. I, I like this one a lot. Yes. I- I think this is, turns out to be a wheat whiskey, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because of the yeah. proportions. The proportions. Right. And, you know, some some distilleries will actually take two different mash bills and uh, and blend them into a barrel to get something similar to this. But that's not what we're doing. We're taking finished whiskey that's matured. Um, so we're talking about six and seven-year-old uh, wheat and rye whiskey here. You know, it's matured, it's good on its own, but we're blending it together. And then we did proof it down a couple of proof points. So um, it isn't cast strength, but it's pretty, 
pretty close to it. We usually do like one one proof cut for us. So uh, we yeah, just but it's just, you're you're figuring out where it tastes the best. Yes, yep. I, I don't think I, I hate people that argue with the point that like you, and we just again we had this discussion on Saturday. It's like you guys are making the whiskey, and there are there are definitely points when we're doing like single barrels and stuff like that, and making it unadulterated, non-chill filtered, uh, cast strength. And then let somebody else decide at what what uh, what cast strength they, by adding water what they want to drink mm-hmm. it at. When you're making something and you're putting something together, I, I don't think there's I don't think anybody should fault a whiskey maker in general. Period, is saying like, listen, we tried it at all these different cast strengths. Bringing it down just like a couple notches really changed the profile, and that's what we wanted to present to you. Mm-hmm. It opens it up. And, it opens yeah. it up. Yep. And you're you're free to add water to it, you know, and that's always the argument for cast strength. Well, I can add it. But the problem is not everybody does. Right. Not everybody has the, um, ha, you know, has the 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 side of like, I drink cast strength. Okay, but you can add a little water to it. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. No one's going to think you're, you know, whatever, less man. Well, and the whiskey is going to change, you know? too, when yep. you add some water yeah, absolutely. and open it up. So, absolutely. you know, you get a different, different tasting experience mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I love it. I I, I like it a lot. All right. The next one. Okay. Right. It's this is now we're talking a weeded, the weeded bourbon. Mm-hmm. The weeded bourbon. So number four is the a weeded bourbon. So we Does everybody know what a weeded bourbon is? Everybody knows that the next ingredient after corn is wheat, not rye. So to get that. Okay. Technically a bourbon. Right. It's high wheat in this one. So um 46% uh, wheat and then 3% malted barley. And it's kind of the, you know, every barrel has a, and every barrel and every mash bill, especially with our stuff, has like a sweet spot in age. And for us, the wheat of bourbon, six to, you know, six to like 10, 12 years is really where we've defined the sweet spot's going to be. Um, obviously, we don't have any 10 or 12 yet, but we can kind of, forecast for C, I guess. I think what... you have to be careful with wheat because you wheat do. takes on the character of the wood of the barrel quicker, Much quicker, yeah. quicker. So, yep. you know, like an old, and that's wheat why at six, can... it's yeah. delicious, but, right. um, it's eight years old and it's, you know, phenomenal. We actually just got, uh, wine enthusiasts gave us a 93 ranking, I believe for this, which is pretty amazing. That's like I don't care what those wines. <laughs> well, you know, it's exciting for us because I think right. that's probably it the is. highest rating we've ever gotten on any of our, on, on any of our whiskeys. Um, so, you know, the eight year wheat of bourbon, I think phenomenal flavor. Uh, this is a special treat, I think for sure for whiskey lovers. I would, I would, this is what I would be, you know, gifting to somebody I really, really, really like, um, or even just myself probably. Yeah. The one you like the most. Yeah. Myself. Yes. Um, I will take that one. If you if you look, we do have two weeded bourbon products right now out. So uh one is six year and one is eight year. The six year doesn't have an age statement on it and it's proof down to ninety-two proof. The eight year we wanted to keep that at a hundred proof um to kind of preserve some of those flavors and like you said, uh allow for you, the drinker, to actually enjoy it at, you know, a little bit less proof if you wanted to, or just drink it neat and get all the flavor in there. Really good. Yeah. I like this, and you know, again, um, another winner. What do you guys think of the weeder? Good breakfast, we- nice. good breakfast. There you go. Uh, you know what they say: you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. That's the grains. <laughs> the grains talking to you, and you get your, you know, your cereal mm-hmm. in the morning. That's right. Great nose on this one, yeah. <laughs> What's that? 
It's a vegetable, so you can have it in the morning. Okay. <laughs> I was going with the grains, but <laughs> start off with healthy, healthy, healthy start, healthy start in the morning. This is when I, I get my 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 physicals, my yearly physicals tomorrow, and the doctor will ask how much do I drink. <laughs> Do you tell the truth? And, and yes, of course I tell the truth. I, like, this is the most, I, I got to tell you, this is the most I'll drink, like, all week. Okay. And th- unfortunately, this week I have two two, uh, two uh, nights this week, mm-hmm. so I'll drink more, but I'll tell them, like, yes, I, I don't drink that much, and they're in very tiny glasses. <laughs> she goes, liar. Little symbols. <laughs> no, no, no. Little symbols. This is, uh, again, fantastic. Yeah, we got, and, we got some good yeah. whiskey. There's not a loser in the bunch. I don't think so. No, no. Hopefully we can go six for six. Yeah. All right. Let's see. The last two are on you, Ryan. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. That <laughs> pressure's on. So I will say on the on the next one, which is uh, which is our seven year old um, wheat whiskey. So this is a wheat whiskey. Slippery when wheat. We named this one. Um, the, I love wheat whiskeys, and the 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 thing is, is there's not a lot of people that make straight wheat whiskeys. I mm-hmm. fell in love with it. Bernheim wheat whiskey was the first one. Um, I used to, I actually got the, the, the joy of actually picking some single barrels from Bernheim with, with Parker beam. And his nice. argument with me all the time was like, they're, they're very consistent, Ryan. You know, you won't find one that's like, you know, going in looking for single barrels is sort of a waste of time. And I go, well, uh, let's let me do it <laughs> and we'll see if it's a waste of time. But I would like to do it cast strength and unchill filtered. He eventually let me do one. Uh, we did a seven year old that was un- unchill filtered. But he wouldn't let me do cast strength. And, um, and we we had this sort of ribbing with each other about this about uh, all the time about about the wheat whiskey. And of course, Parker comes out with, you know, his 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 like collector's editions uh a, a wheat whiskey cast strength on chill filtered <laughs> and i call them up and i go you bastard <laughs> that's why he didn't want you to do it that's why he didn't want me yeah. to do it i go the truth <laughs> comes out um and but i've always sort of had that sort of uh affinity for them because i think every when it, people say they like a weeded bourbon wheat whiskey takes that what you everything you like about a weeded bourbon and notches it up and especially when it's done right, and this one's done right, and this is a single barrel. It was a, mm-hmm. when we we tried. Uh, Alex is really nice to us. We get a lot of samples, a lot of samples. Matter of fact, we usually do it in a couple sessions because we have a lot of samples. Um, we started going through these, and it was there was really not one that we could pick out that was. Uh, we had a hard time eliminating. What we do when we pick was we actually eliminate first. We don't we don't pick which one we like. We pick which ones we, we don't like. Get yep. those out of the way. Good way to start. Yeah, because then we're not drinking as much. Right. And that's the other point. You don't drink as much, you get them out of the way. This one just like started shining through it immediately. This is, I think, a really good example of a wheat whiskey. So we'll see what you guys think. I don't think there's been a lot of wheat whiskey single barrel sales. There haven't, no. 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 And we don't do, you know, sure. that was the other thing too, is like, okay, no one's doing these. Why not? You know, and then part of the thing is for you guys to try stuff like this mm-hmm. because no one's doing them and go like, hey, have you had just a wheat whiskey? And and half the people go, no, we'll try to try this. No, you picked a great barrel. This is, I actually was looking it up at our inventory system earlier today because um, each barrel has its own like identity number. And the more you, you know, ap- after this time, it's like, I know where the barrels came from. I know, you know, just I like you start to treat them a little bit like a, a 
children or like a family, like you, you have that like you a, sell to other you people. have a feeling. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, no, I don't do that to my kids. Um, no, you're, you're, you're selecting. <laughs> We're not selling. Um, I love our wheat whiskeys. This is a seven year wheat whiskey that the proof on it, like all of, all of our wheat whiskeys tend to be a little bit higher in mm-hmm. proof that are in age. So, I mean, 117 proof is nice. I think we've had some that have gone all the way up to 123, um, so far with the, with wheat. I think there was some that were higher. Um, like I said, we usually Probably. try and blind, yeah. so yeah. we don't know um, ourselves. And I think that when we went back, we look after, of course, mm-hmm. and we looked after. There was some that were higher. This just, I don't think this tastes. It I don't think taste like it's tastes like one seventeen. Yeah, no. right. You know what we say the the uh, the warm warm in your fire without choking the chimney. <laughs> So you don't like, you know, it's not a gag reflex because yeah. it's the, the so the, so much ethanol. Yeah. 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 Uh, the heat on that. Um, I really like this one a lot. I, I hope you guys do. I This is something like, again, we, we you know, we picked a goofy name for this one because we just uh, first of all, it was funny. But we wanted people to just even just almost go, hey, I want to try that because the name's sort of cool because I, I just got to get more people to try wheat whiskey, you know, and that's out of the, the reasoning behind this. So. I also want to mention, so um, your barrel was actually one of Greg's custom wheat uh, mash bills that he did. 96.4. Yeah, 96.4. So our uh, tasting amount says 95.5, but um, this is, that's yeah, it not was off. it's 96.4. I thought it was yeah. 95.5 at first too, and then I got it and I go, wait a minute, it's 96. No, the, yeah, the the number, all the seven-year wheat whiskey that we have was 96.4, um, some of the older stuff that we had for wheat was 95.5. I think the story behind it was, I know that this was the first time Greg ever did wheat ever, and he mimicked it off the 95.5 rye. For the rye, yeah. Obviously. Um, And I think what happened was uh, MGP started selling that mash bill, so we created a 96.4 to be custom. Just a little different. You know, just a little little different. different. Yeah. Um, I, I don't care what if he ground up pixies and put it in. I really don't. As long as it tastes this <laughs> good, I really don't day, care. It's it's it's, you know? it's damn good for. So. It is. Yeah. What do you guys think? Because uh, who's the first time ever having wheat whiskey? You've all had wheat whiskey before. Wow. Perfect. Wow. Well, there's such a an advanced group of taste <laughs> collector, eclectic. Yeah. Group look here. at these guys. Knowledgeable, and sophisticated. Four percent barley. Four percent barley. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety six wheat. this isn't weeded bourbon this is wheat whiskey yeah are you trying to backtrack and say you've never had a weeded whiskey now yeah there's not a lot there's not a lot of them there isn't a lot of them so it's you know there you know bernheim is probably the most famous Mm -hmm. one obviously because they've been doing it you know spent out commercially available for a lot longer than anything else. And I always felt that they had some great, there was some great barrels in there and I wanted to get my hands on them. And uh, that, like I said, we got to do it a couple times, which was, which was fantastic. But um, I when I said, when he said, we got that, I'm like, uh, send them, send them <laughs> with my, my group. I want to try those. And uh, you know, like, again, I, I know the fact that Greg probably went like, did he buy, he really bought one. Because <laughs> not every this is not what the people jump on. The weeded the weeded bourbon is probably got to be your number. It's one. our number one. Oh, yeah, it's got to be your number one. Yeah, and the sure. rye and as you're gonna taste, not as good segment. As you're gonna taste next, the rye are very good. Mm-hmm. And this was um, you brought me these samples. There was only 
there was a very, very small amount of barrels being offered of the seven year rye Correct. at the time. Last, last year. year. So this yeah. is, yeah. I think that you'd mentioned there's two cases left maybe of this. Of, of this, this. yeah. The end of the end of it here. So I think we had maybe maybe two dozen. Was it two dozen or so last year? Last seven, year, we had a, a handful. Yeah. Um, and I think even we did this was probably like eight, eight or nine barrels out there in mm-hmm. the country. Right, mm-hmm. right, exactly. And we're we're distributed in all all fifty states too, so it's it, they go right fifteen, twenty, twenty five barrels goes just like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm surprised there's there's any of this left to be honest with you. Well, it, again, it's the same thing as like there's a lot of rye out there right now. Um, we sell a lot of rye. A lot of people don't know rye yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a lot of like little factors in there. And um, there's been a very specific group of people that have been rebuying this. Yeah. So it's That's taken cool. them a while to drink it all. <laughs> Shows they like so it. it get, yeah, exactly. But for those who don't know that 95.5 rye mash bill was made famous by I'd say two people at MGP, Larry Ebersold, who and Greg Metz, and Greg Metz learned under Larry Ebersold. Right. Um, so we were trying to figure out how to how to market how much rye Greg has made in his career, trying to put it in fathomable terms. And we came up with if you bottle all of the proof gallons of rye, put them in our bottles, line the bottles up, wrap the world two times. With the amount of rye whiskey is distilled in his rye. 38 years rye. At, at MGP. Yeah. Or, you know, Seagram's LDI MGP days. So, and then we were laughing is because they didn't have a lot of it. And the barrels that were out there, um, the barrels that we were allowed to choose from were all really, really great. And it, we called it, that's why we call it cherry picking. Cherry picking. It, you know, it was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm really going to cherry pick this. This is like, I get to pick the best barrel that I could possibly get out of exceptionally well done barrels yeah so and this is it the other tidbit when we when greg left mgp because the rye wasn't not custom mash bill he was able to secure uh rye barrels that he wanted to bring cherry pick pick, essentially cherry picking of a cherry picker yep exactly Yeah. (laughs) yeah the uh the the beauty of one of the beauties of of greg's experience at mgp is that he knows. He knows where the bodies are buried. He knows where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> yeah. You know, he he uh, was just in charge of quality control from the start to finish. You know, he worked his way up in the program, and so, um, yeah. I hope that if anybody has any negative thoughts about MGP stuff, like that one, this kind of switches your mind. Just trying the product, and then you know, hearing about Old Elk's, you know, story behind it, and uh, again, you know, Greg really changes that story about contracting versus sourcing for us, and. I think it shows in the quality of the the products. What do you guys think of the rye? It's a good rye. Yeah, it's a really good rye. Um, I, again, there's not a dud in the bunch. <laughs> no. Nope. Now it, it's you know it's like a there's a mood it's like a a a selection of of mood whiskeys, depending on what you're planning on drinking, when you're drinking, how the weather is. There's there's a there's a whiskey up here for every season mm-hmm. and every mood, so um, geez, I, I the, like I, I you know I haven't sat down and, and tried this many old elks together in a while. Nice. And um, usually I'm doing it it's pick, to pick a barrel. So I'm being very <laughs> critical. Um, but this is fantastic. I, I want to thank you very much for coming here tonight. Thank you. 
and going through this with yeah. us because thank you. So does everybody get now what what Mel does? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to get it. I don't have to have an online discussion of like how, her importance in the company anymore. All right. So <laughs> I was just dumbfounded when I was having the discussion. But, um, you know, this is what's great about Old Elk is you have a company that's working as a team. Huh? And, uh, you know, uh, Greg's the first one to to actually move into the shadows and put the team forward because he understands that like he can only do so much. He's only one person. And if he doesn't have these, uh, all these great people behind him, um, it doesn't get done the way he wants it done. So um, kudos to kudos to everybody at the company. I think you're doing a really, really bang up job. And it's uh, great to hear. I want to see, I want to see what's next. So, yeah. Well, we've got, so, we've got two new blends coming out this year. So. So there'll be some next stuff. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye. Yep. On. Well, twenty twenty four. See again, I'm already. <laughs> yeah, she's already ahead. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm already there. <laughs> I will tell you that twenty twenty four is Julio's Liquor's fiftieth anniversary. Okay. So I, I want celebration. You, so I, I want to get. Well, I'm I'm, I'm buttering her up. <laughs> uh, I want to I want to talk to you about. Yeah, there is there is something there is something for us in this. <laughs> we want to make sure that like you know we have anything that's sort of like maybe off the beaten path that's really good mm -hmm. that we may we can have a conversation about that maybe okay. do something special for fifth uh, for our 50th okay, uh with cool. old elk because i think uh you know we we love the product and we and we've been strong supporters have, of it thank you so yeah um <laughs> greg i think came in and goes well we didn't sell a lot of barrels i go hell with you i bought five <laughs> last year <laughs> so, so i'm like well, am I am I the only one so um i'm gladly if that's the if i'm the only one i'm glad to be in that crowd because um, it was it was it was a fantastic uh, uh, introduction to Old Elk products that we that we had. So no, five barrels is a, that's a lot. So thank yeah, you. Well, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for dropping the bucket. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. Right. Yeah. yeah. We don't mess around. So yeah. thank you very, very, very much. Um, we want to have you back again. So hopefully that. we didn't scare you off too bad. So no, no, you back no, no. All right. Great. No. <laughs> great. Thank you all of you for coming um, tonight. I'm going to get rid of um, we're going to go through some stuff. Let me get rid of the people that couldn't be here tonight hey if you want you can get this uh it's the liquor tracking wherever you get your podcast you can listen to this again it's also on the julio's liquors facebook page um but you really should come here live see everybody 